0: The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of Webmaster Radio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of Webmaster Radio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years, and Chief Executive Officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge,
1: Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about trends in email marketing with Simone Barat, Global General Manager of eDialog Incorporated, a leading global provider of email marketing solutions to some of the world's most recognized brands. Simone was named Global General Manager of eDialogue in 2011 after the eBay purchase, having founded the UK branch of the company in 2000. As Global General Manager, Simone is responsible for the profitability of the business and global leadership of the company as a whole. This follows an 11-year tenure leading the UK in EMEA operation, as well as supporting the expansion of the company into Asia-Pacific. Simone was responsible for building eDialog's reputation as the leading email marketing services provider in the UK. She has grown the business to support a roster of blue-chip pan-European enterprise clients, including British Airways, Dell, Skype, and American Airlines. With over 20 years of experience in marketing, Simone is a recognized industry thought leader. She has represented the email marketing industry on behalf of the DMA in Brussels, presenting proposals that have contributed to the formulations of the latest EU legislation. Prior to eDialogue, Simone managed two companies in the Interpublic Group, launched Shanwick Interactive, one of the first new media agencies in London, and ran her own direct marketing agency. You can follow eDialogue on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash eDialogue or check out their blog, The Relevant Marketer, at therelevantmarketer.com. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Simone. Welcome.
2: Thank you very much indeed. You know, great. looking to my bio there, I, I kind of forget how old I am.
1: <laughs> well, notice I didn't start with mine, and it would have been even older. So <laughs> let's let's start. Just for those uh, listeners that aren't familiar, will you tell us a little bit about eDialogue and your role within the organization?
2: Of course, delighted to. So um, and yes, it goes back a few years as well. So. Um, uh, I first joined eDialogue um, back in 2000 and there's a little bit of a funny story here as well. So I, as you mentioned, was running um, um, one of the interpublic companies and um, the chief executive was networking with me and came across me and said, you know, I think you'd be the right person to lead the business um, uh, in Europe. And at the time, you know, I thought, well, email's a bit narrow, you know, my heritage was. Um, general um, marketing, direct marketing specifically, and then as you said, I launched a new media company. So in a funny sort of way, my two worlds had collided. So this was DM online, but um, John persuaded me to take the job, and then uh, for all of us who can remember, sort of uh, that was the time, late 2000, of the second dot com bubble burst. <laughs> so he, he, he called me and he said, "I'm sorry, Simon. You know, I, I have to let you go." And I was mad. I was really cross. So, but I kind of I took a risk, um, and I agreed to do um, a three-year commission-only um, engagement with E Dialogue, um, and it stood me well. So um, we built the business, and uh, reasonably quickly grew to um, a team of about one hundred and fifty people in the UK, wow. um, and then started servicing, you know, some major pan-European clients. Um, out of the UK head office, so um, and um, we now have uh, in uk a full a full, uh, a full roster, so we're sort of self-sufficient, if you like, in terms of the services that we provide to our European clients. so we um I then uh, opened up the um, Asia Pac office um, about two years ago, um, and that is flourishing, which is um is good news. And of course, we were acquired by GSI. <clears throat> I guess that's considered um, sort of three years ago now. Mm-hmm. So that was one one development um, in our um, in our history. Um, and I think what's fascinating for us now is um, being part of GSI, and of course now more recently being part of um, eBay. Um, we are, I think, at the point of almost another renaissance in this space. Um, Email is the core of what we do, um, but you kind of just have to look at, I always think it's the elephant in the room. You know, email rates are declining, you just have to look over the last sort of five years or so at some of the open rates and conversion rates. Mm -hmm. And whilst we do everything we can to optimize that, I think we need to think radically differently about this particular channel. And being part of a GSI group, we're very fortunate, and we have a number of sister companies, that we are able to connect. And so we're very much using this phrase of uh, the connected marketing suite. So we have other capabilities within the group, where if you can add 1 plus 1 equals 3, the exponential value, if you can add email to retargeting, if you can add email to affiliate programs. Um, and then also the attribution within the organization. We have the, um, the attribution company, Clear Sailing. And so suddenly now, for the first time, you can get a really true insight into what is working, what's not working, the role that email plays. Um, and then you start to begin to be able to, what I call, turn the dials. Um, in terms of actually what you should be investing your funds in. So I really do believe that we are at this point of renaissance for this particular industry, and I'm very excited to be part of that.
1: So you you just hit on so many really interesting parts around email at the core and the connected marketing piece. Uh, I know that eDialog has deep customer insights Um, and that I'm sure are brought to life to show the the target audience. Can you give an example or give one of your favorite stories about one of your client partners, um, obviously, with information that is is shareable? But just for the listeners, give a a little more color to what you said about the services you provide.
2: Um, Yes, of course. So maybe if I back up a tiny bit and tell you how we're organized, I, I often think that helps. Um, explain the type of services that we bring to bear as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, we consider ourselves very much a sort of a, um, a, a solution offering. So, you know, the services is as important to us as the product, i.e., as the technology. And so, whilst we have people who support the technology, um, we also have a very robust Of subject matter experts. Mm -hmm. And so they really fall into five key areas. The first one being strategy and analytics. Um, I'll give you a brief overview first. Uh, The second one being creative. Um, The third one being what we call technical production. You know, we we do some very complex um, uh, integrations, some very complex pieces of work for our large enterprise clients. And then the fourth one being campaign production. So the guys who actually build the campaigns on behalf of our clients who want to use those full service capabilities. Yep. Um, okay. and, then sitting, and then sitting on top, we have what we call the client services team, so the, the guys who own the relationship. Now, to me, the, the smartest ideas come not from any one of those silos, but from the combined impact of the collaboration of those groups together with the client. Mm-hmm. So, kind of running a scenario that you know, a, a good customer-led strategy um, needs to be based on data. Um, it can be best explained through a very creative, visually creative, as well as sort of intellectually creative idea. But then that, of course, can be um, enhanced even further by the people who know the technology. And so, you know, you being able to use very sophisticated technology on, on types of behavioral targeting or integrating with other channels. Um, and then finally, you have the, the campaign production people who have to optimize that now. A lot of our clients are multilingual. You know, you're sending out 23 different languages. And so mm-hmm. you, you, cannot, you cannot ignore the importance of the fact that you have to get these campaigns out in a timely manner. So things like production workflow optimization and templates and calendaring, um, not the sexiest part of the business, but it is so fundamentally important. I think a lot of people forget that. So that was just a sort of an overview of the structure of the organization. Um, yeah, but- and, sorry, Glenn, I interrupted.
1: Yeah, no, 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 go ahead. Go ahead.
2: Well, I've just been trying to think of, you know, I, I have to obviously re- respect our our, um, our clients' privacy. But I would say that probably 60% of our clients use uh, the multiple capabilities of the group that we have. So, you know, we, we, have a, we have a mobile company that's part of our offering anyway. Um, we, do, we integrate and work with a lot of the uh, different social campaigns mm-hmm. as well, so using mm-hmm. those two channels together. Um, and then, you know, obviously, we have a roster of our GSI clients um, where we work with all the different capabilities. So, um, uh, Ralph Lauren is a good example of how uh, uh-huh. we manage... Um, the agency manages all the marketing services. And, and I think what's interesting, we've, we've seen some fascinating statistics come out that, that where we, when we look at a client where they manage their individual, whether it be search, display, affiliate, email, when they manage them in silos, we sort of see a, a, a 4 to 1 ROI. So if you toss them all up and average them all out, I, I would say that the average is a sort of 4 to 1 ROI. Um, when we treat them um, comprehensively um, and we are able to utilize data points and analytics across all the different channels, we see anything from a 7-to-1 to 12-to-1 to ROI. Wow. So, you know, this is, this is big stuff, you know. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and it's kind of really interesting to see the numbers bear out the theory, really.
1: So, if you take an industry like um, retail, for example, and we certainly see this a lot and i'm I'm sure you're sitting there so you have the going from four to one with independent um, areas or services that when you have the ability with the analytics and the multiple comprehensive services you just said you have, you can see a seven to one or a twelve to one ROI how do you think about um, connecting the dots between email and the more um, uh, easily trackable metrics of click through and open rates um, to the notion of sales either um, digitally or even more so that we're seeing that huge push with retailers about um, the the actual live bricks and mortar interactions
2: yeah so a very interesting point Jane I, I think the two things that occur to me when you say that one is um, to be honest, I, I, I don't really care about click rates and open rates. What I care about is conversion rates, you know, mm-hmm. um, unless we're driving revenue for our clients. And you know, retailers in particular, we, we, we also have a very strong roster of clients in, in travel actually and also in publishing. Retailers travel as well. You know, they're, at the end of the day, marketing should be ultimately about driving the business, which is about driving revenue. No about I, that. I can't <laughs> That's kind of our, in our DNA anyway. And, and, and so, you know other, other metrics along the way are, are kind of interesting, but they're kind of not necessarily useful totally. So um, do you
1: have proprietary tools that you use or do you have partnerships that help you to figure out the attribution in, with the retailer and live store versus uh, the electronic purchases? Oh, again, absolutely. without giving away trade secrets. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I can share some information with you. So, so again, within the GSI network, we have uh, one of our sister companies is NBS, which is, uh, you know, a traditional data warehouse very focused on the retail mm-hmm. side. And so we have retail clients where we absolutely consolidate every single bit of information in terms mm-hmm. of you know, what is purchased in store at point of sale, we manage the email database so that we can trigger emails off the back of that, we do all the different multi-channel marketing activities, and then clear sailing, um, the attribution partner within the GSI group, um, tracks all that and, and, and literally ascribes... Uh, uh, awaiting according to, you know, each individual uh, or or, or each channel as to whether that channel acted as um, uh, an informer, an influencer, or a closer. Um, And so, you know, most organizations, when they're tracking um, attribution and they just look at the last click, um, you know, they're they're losing up to sort of 80 85% of activity and exposure that happens Before that last click, I think the average we found is is a fascinating piece of research. It was called the billion impression research. And I think we found that the average um, clicker exposure prior to that closing action was Mm 3.8. So you can imagine, you you know, you're missing all that data and insight if you don't track that whole attribution path. And again, as I say, we're very fortunate. So we have clear sailing and that capability um, within our network.
1: I love the Informer, Influencer, Closer language, by the way. So yeah. shifting, shifting gears a little bit, given your background and experience, it, it seems like you have a phenomenal view of multiple markets around the globe, and your work in the U.K. and in EMEA and Asia Pacific and the U.S. Will you talk a little bit about your perspective on email, privacy, some of the trends that you're seeing? I think people will be very interested in that.
2: Yes, so I guess in my bio, when I started, um, I I forgot the final piece of the jigsaw, which is uh, a, a, as you say, I um, having grown Europe and then Asia Pac, um, I was given the um, the global GM role in uh, the back end of last year. So although I've all, I've always tracked um, the uh, American market very closely now, I, I've certainly in the last two months. Um, I'm here in the States right now. I spend quite a lot of time here sitting in front of clients. And so it's interesting for me to both um, kind of hear the similarities in, in terms of some of the challenges. And then, you know, you said that there are some differences. So kind of let me give you some of those insights. Um, interestingly enough, you know, I think that at the enterprise end of the market, some of the challenges are the same irrespective of market. And where the differences lie is less about the region, but it's more about the heritage of the organization. So if you have um, someone or an organization whose heritage is offline, of course, you know they have legacy data infrastructure, um, and so their data is likely to be less consolidated. So, their challenges, okay. so I mean, so the challenges come from their heritage. Whereas, if you work for you know a .com, or you know certainly we have um, you know retailers and Metaporte is a good example, you know who are, who began their life online their data has always been built for online and their data is consolidated and they tend to be kind of more nimble. And I I would say that we see that across the world irrespective of region. So Mm. it's more influenced by heritage.
1: That's very... Uh, Yes, go ahead. You had something else to add?
2: Yeah, I I think the other things that we see in terms of sophistication... um, Actually, maybe sophistication is the wrong word here. So in the U.S., um, and it just comes down, you know, just population. So, you know, database sizes in the U.S. are bigger. So, you know, if it's can just easier. Or mm-hmm. it requires, it requires, hmm... I don't know if this is the right word to use. I was going to say it requires less effort, but uh, I, I didn't want that to sound to all people. <laughs> but it's, it's, it, you know, it, 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 it's easier. Uh, you don't have to work as hard to get value out of data when you have mm. such a huge data pool to work from. Right. So in you, in Europe, in Europe, what you see is obviously the countries are smaller, the databases are smaller. So uh, you know, I think their heritage of. Um, having to work harder to squeeze the value that they can out of their databases um, has spilled into their email activities as well Hmm. Um, so I
1: have several other questions but right now we're going to take a very quick short commercial break please stand by and we'll be right back with Simone Barat and more of the conversation
0: Market Edge will return in just a moment
1: As you know, being an expert at f**k... What did she say? ...requires lots of practice and a great tool. Think you could use some help with f**k? Whoa! You're not alone. Hundreds have used our tool to take their f**k performance to the next level. The language! Of course, we're talking about managing Facebook ads on Quizio. Oh... Buy, track, manage, optimize, and report on media across all major ad networks. Visit acquisio.com to get a demo today. Aquizio, search, social, display, one platform.
0: I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. From the creators of We Build Pages, experience the power of the Internet Marketing Ninja. An exclusively trained army of nearly 100 in-house ninjas mastered in the arts of social media, local marketing, content creation, SEO reporting and yes link building. The internet marketing ninjas will release a new version of their legendary tools to the public. Visit imninjas.com The ninjas
1: are coming.
0: Start your search into overdrive it's webmasterradio.fm steering you into the winner's circle webmasterradio.fm we're everywhere we're back with more market edge bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing only on webmasterradio.fm once again here's glenn engler
1: Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Simone Barat, president of eDialog, talking about trends in email marketing. Simone, we were just talking about global and some of the the differences. You talked about level of sophistication or database size. And one of the things that I want to connect with that to a prior conversation um, or a prior topic we were talking about was you mentioned social media. And I know one of the things that people are going to be very interested in is how do you guys at eDialog think about the relationship between email and social? And how do you think about that now and where you see it going in the next uh, couple of years?
2: Okay, fascinating subject. Um, let me join it to a previous conversation when I said that for us the focus is on ROI and how one can, you know, make money on behalf of our clients. So, you know, the first thing I kind of always think about, well here's a new channel, here's a new opportunity, you know, and, and, and still I think it's it's hard for organizations, you know, it's the sexy subject right now, but it's hard for organizations to kind of work out how to capitalized on this channel which was never really built or designed for marketers. So I think there's the obvious things which is, you know, social has been you know made for sharing on the content and made for sharing content on the web easy. And so platforms, Facebook, Foursquare, Pinterest, you know, there's a lot, lot of different um, opportunities and platforms out there. So in many ways, it's, it's, it's a bit like the sort of the forward to a friend in email. Um, but, but going back to the commerce angle of this, you know, I, I don't, I may be wrong, you know, I, I don't see perhaps, you know, Facebook becoming a destination for e-commerce, but I do see the behaviours um, that Facebook uh, encourages, enables, the social behaviors, um, I do see those behaviors influencing how commerce will evolve. Mm. So kind of let me explain this a little bit. So, if, you, if you're going to a concert, if you're going to a restaurant, you know, that that sharing with your friends, you know, yes. where, where do you like to go? Should we go together? Should we sit together in the seats next to each other? Should we, should we get a car together? You know, I, I kind of see those social types of behaviors um, influencing commerce. And I think from the email perspective, we've kind of got to recognize that maybe the tone and, and, and we should stimulate that type of um, um, idea and process. Um, so, so that's kind of a slightly loose concept in my head at the moment, um, but I think that will be an interesting one for us to um, to develop and capitalize on as, as we go forward.
1: It's a really interesting point of view about uh, separating what you just Shared, separating the difference between a destination or a location of where the commerce occurs and the behaviors around the um, social. Certainly, we see it with um, reviews and sharing and pass alongs and recommendations. And that intersection is clearly going to continue on. Um, and in fact, something you said earlier, I'm curious if, if you can expand on it a little bit. You, you mentioned mobile. Um, will you talk a little bit about how mobile plays a role in your multi-channel approach?
2: Yes, and there's lots of different uh, definitions of mobile, isn't there? <laughs> so, uh, you know, at, at the baseline, there's you know the SMS piece. Um, I think what's becoming much more important is the rendering of email on all sorts of different devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, because that's becoming more important. Um, we it involves we we, do, we have the capability and we use it a lot on behalf of clients to we, we can kind of detect the type of devices that people are using and so yep. we're able to serve an email in the format that renders best in that device. I think that's becoming more important. And of course, in many ways, if you take a market like Japan, you know they kind of let email altogether anyway. Yes. So. Uh, and there's, a, there's another aspect here which I, I think is, is is very much on our roadmap you know now being part of the eBay group um, we have um, you know sister companies with you know, wear.com milo.com red laser mm. you know, you know how, how can we start to capitalize on those how can we you know bring to our client base some of those capabilities and again tie that um, tie that, you know. There was that um, case study in the um, the, the holiday period, um, just this last holiday period, where I think it was, um, I Amazon sent out a a five dollar incentive for um, uh, consumers to go into retail stores, scan a barcode, feed that data back to Amazon, and then encourage and stimulate, you know, that the purchase through the five dollar discount back mm. in store. Yeah, that went that went
1: over really well with the uh, the retailers, huh?
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, you're right. And so, you know, and a lot of those retailers are our clients. And the, right. one of the things that that we were able to do was, you know, the combination of of eBay of GSI. Um, and uh, um and I think there were uh, six or seven other eBay Group companies involved in this very quickly because the retailers were sort of well how can we combat this so we were able to send out an email to all our retailers databases saying here's a $10 discount if you go into the store and buy in the store. So right. you know, we were able to use email then, a Brilliant. digital channel to you know e- e- encourage and incent people to go back into the store. So there's a really interesting play here. You know, the e- e- I think you just need to drop the e off e-commerce here. So you know we're not working in an e-commerce world now. We're working in a commerce world. I think uh, there's a stat, 50% or so of now all commerce is either done or influenced. You know, I think about 7% is done online, but that, it, it, the rest is just influenced, people looking for things, people searching for things, people looking for um, endorsements, ratings and reviews in the, in the social world. It, it, it's fascinating, I think, the way that, you com- that, that, that sorry, commerce is developing.
1: It's, it's a great point. I loved your um, c- quick mobilization of the eBay partners to help with the retailers. We, um, we work with retailers. We work with some uh, manufacturers that go through the retailers, and they were finding that the, some of the biggies that actually had control, like a target of the world, was reaching out to them and asking for unique um, identification, unique SKUs for their, for their stores on the shelves. So that, that's another way to sort of stop the uh, the, the Amazon and the, the Scan and Scram phrase which someone came up with which I'm happily stealing um, so, yeah it's great so we are basically at the end of time but one of the things I like to do at the end of the radio program is I do something called the speed round and it is there's no right or wrong answer I just throw out a couple of trends or technologies and get like the first thing that comes into the guest's mind and a very quick response and um, you will you will be great at this so are you ready okay, <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, first one is daily deals, living socials, Groupons, the world. What's your take?
2: I worry for the retailers that Mm. they are um, encouraging a behavior that is not an enduring behavior.
1: Yep, great. Um, Last one, given time, QR codes.
2: There's some really cool things being done. Um, I don't know if you saw the 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 Net-a-Porte stuff that they did in New York. Actually, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. cool. Um, I put them in the cool rather than enduring category.
1: Well, given your filter that you shared about um, driving driving revenue, I think there's some some interesting examples and some um, the uh, the someone sent the picture around of the airplane dragging a big sign with a QR code on the the back of it felt a little off. Um, Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, so I wanted to say thank you to you, Simone, for being my guest today. And thanks to everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash Glenn Engler or on my blog www.glennangler.com. And visit www.webmasterradio.fm at 12 noon Eastern time on Tuesdays to tune into episodes of Market Edge. This is Glenn Angler for Market Edge. Until next time, we are out.